Hi, my name's Madalena Kay, and I'm the host of the podcast AI and You, produced by Europod in partnership with Podium Podcast, Agence France Press, and Cora Media. In AI and You, we deal with the history of AI and how it is having an impact on our lives. From social relationships to employment, from climate change to wars and security. Is AI changing our world for the better or the worse? Come and check it out for yourself. Subscribe to AI and You wherever you listen to podcasts. Europod. This is Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. We work with independent journalists to cover stories on the ground. In today's episode, we'll take you behind the scenes of Europe Talks Back. Our producer, Maria Dios, will take it from here. Today, we have invited Pablo Jimenez Arandia. Last week, Pablo covered the story of a young woman diagnosed with a mental illness whose health has been suffering due to the excessive use of social media. Pablo is a Spanish journalist working as a freelancer in Barcelona. Pablo, welcome. Thank you, Maria. Happy to be here again. So it's the second time you and I have worked together in the production of an episode for Europe Talks Back. The first time was for a story about youth and homelessness. And this time it is for an episode on mental health and social media. I strongly believe that this is a huge topic that perhaps hasn't got the attention needed in our societies. What do you think? Mm, yeah, definitely, Maria. I agree with you. I think that it's a topic that can be approached like from different perspectives, as what we see in this specific episode, in which we talk about the effects of overload information or headline stress in people's mental health. But there are like some other perspectives, as for example, how Instagram and TikTok offers like a not very realistic view of people's lives and how this affects also things like self-esteem and self-perception. So yeah, for sure it's a really wide topic and that fortunately, like in the last years, it's becoming more and more debated publicly, but still there's a long way to go. So I think that I'm happy that in Europe Talks Back, you give room for these kind of stories. So Pablo, in our previous episode, you bring us a tough story. You show us how bad it is for our brains to constantly scroll down on social media. But also in the episode, you teach us how careful we should be using social media when we have a mental illness. This is the case of your main character. So would you like to introduce her to our listeners? Sure, Maria. The main character of this episode is Pitroch Vinyals, who is a young woman who lives in Barcelona, Spain. She works as a German teacher, but she also spends a lot of time supporting and uh, as an activist for several causes. She's a woman with really strong political and moral values, really smart. She knows a lot of things about a lot of topics. <laughs> she has actually studied like several education courses and she's always reading and that includes reading a lot in Twitter, uh, like online news, online content. And she sometimes says that she has 
something like an addiction to Twitter. Sometimes she doesn't call it an addiction, but for sure she's like really, um, I mean, she has always her phone uh, at her side and checking what is happening in the world, what are the last political news, the last events that happened both in Catalonia or Spain and internationally. But at the same time, this can have a like severe impact in her well-being and specifically because she has been diagnosed with a mental health condition, which is a BPD, Border Personality Disorder, uh, about that maybe we can talk a little bit more about this specifically disorder afterwards. So this need to be hyper-connected and this need to know that the world is shit sometimes can cause her like a severe harm and have like a severe impact on her well-being. Yeah, and through her story, we got to know the term doom scrolling. And doom scrolling refers to constantly checking upsetting news articles or videos online. And this is something very common for users of platforms such as Twitter, which is perfectly designed for endless scrolling. But personally, I also believe algorithms play a role in this. I mean, our emotions power these algorithms and keep us fighting. So Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms profit off our engagement. And nothing drives more engagement than posts that make us angry. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think that there's like a combination. I mean, I'm specifically talking about Pete Roch case. On one side, as you mentioned, these kind of social media platforms, they are basically designed to yeah, limitless scrolling, right? So they have like this design to become somehow addictive. Yeah, during the episode, we mentioned like some... Yeah, some notes from experts that I've read about, like working on this episode, that they talk about smartphones and specifically social media platforms such as Twitter as drug suppliers, right? That in the case of Pinterest, for example, would be like new suppliers that are always giving you more and more and more content. And of course, as you perfectly mentioned, the algorithms in which these tools are built, they learn from what you've been reading before or what kind of contents had you clicked before. So basically they give those things that you are more engaged to. So this can lead to uh, addictive habits, like the ones that Pete Roach explains in the episode. And then on the other side, I, I would also like to point out how the responsibility of us as journalists, in a wider perspective, I mean, like the media companies and online media sites, that we all know about the term clickbait, right? And they use it very often highlighting specifically like the most negative part of a specific event or a specific news. So yeah, this can lead to a feeling or to a perception that everything in the world is terrific, is bad, is everybody's awful. And yeah, basically this is where the term doom scrolling comes from, right? Actually, this term started to be used like widely during the COVID pandemic. It was started to use basically to describe the people that were at their houses just scrolling down and reading things about the pandemic. So there was this made them think that like everything in the world was horrible. And of course, that can have an impact on people's mental health. Yeah, I agree with you that we should try, both as users and as a journalist or people working on the media industry, we should try to 
give or look for some balance between the positive and the negative things happening around. I also found very interesting the study you shared about how depressed people felt less stress and felt less discomfort when they reduced their exposure to news. That's for sure some food for thought. So we should try to keep some balance and get out of our social media bubble. And at the very end of the script, you share that experts recommend getting into activism rather than spending hours and hours on social media. So this is something that we saw on your story. What can you tell us about your main character, activism, and how this helped her get out of Twitter? Yeah, well... Pete Roach, as she says, is full of contradictions. I mean, she's aware that Twitter and the way she consumes news and online content can cause her harm. But at the same time, she has like this, as she says, this duty with the truth, right? This duty with knowing what is going on in the world. Because as we mentioned before, she has like strong political awareness So, yeah, on one side, she's, as we've said already, checking Twitter like daily for a lot of hours and specifically in certain moments as the one that we described, this crisis, this paranoia crisis that we described in the episode, this use of Twitter can be like really intense, like means like hours and hours of scrolling down. But at the same time, she's a woman that, as you mentioned, Maria, uh, she's uh, really active. I mean, she's not complaining about all the things that, she believes are not good, are not going well, but she's acting to try to change them, right? So firstly, I mean, she's an activist for mental health issues. She collaborates with an organization that is called Obertament, which in Catalan means openly, which basically tries to fight against all kinds of discriminations suffered by the people with a mental health condition through first-person experiences. That means like people with a mental health condition They tell their stories, as the Spitroch uh, case, to make people aware of what means living with a mental health condition and fighting against any kind of discrimination, but also infantilization or any other misunderstandings. But she's also engaged on some other topics, such as, for example, she collaborates with the Catalan agency that helps refugees arriving here in Catalonia. And, for example, she also works doing advocacy work to protect and defend Catalan language, which is her uh, native language. So, yeah, to sum up, she's a really active person. <laughs> and, yeah, basically, as you mentioned, Maria, that's one of the things that experts uh, recommend to leave this digital bubble that sometimes we get into and trying to do things actively in the let's say, non-digital world, right? So that's the case of Pitroch Vinyals. So, Pablo, I hope that sharing Pitroch's story will help many others getting out of their digital bubble. Thank you very much for working with us again. Thank you to you, Maria. As our interview with Pablo ends, it's time for our typical press review. This time, we will be talking about online content and mental health. A European Parliament draft report about online services addictive design points out the mental health consequences for excessive screen time and calls for new EU rules to address the problem. 
According to the report, which was collected by Iraktiv, on average, one in four children and young people spend over seven hours a day on the internet. This can be due to online games, social media, streaming services, online marketplaces and dating apps. The article published by Iraktiv points out that internet use-related addiction has similar side effects to substance-related addictions that, contrary to the online ones, are more strictly regulated. Nonetheless, the European Parliament's file has no legislative value. Still, it is meant to give a political signal at a time when the European Commission is assessing whether its consumer protection rules are still fit for purpose. On the national level, Politico highlights that some countries are now taking the first steps to stop excessive use of big social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. The worry is that for vulnerable young people, social media comes with very real and negative consequences anxiety, depression, body image issues and poor concentration. China wants to limit screen time to 40 minutes for children aged under 8, while the US state of Utah has imposed a digital curfew for minors. In Europe, France has targeted manufacturers, requiring them to install a parental control system that can be activated when their device is turned on. We have reached the end of this week's episode of Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. This show is part of the Sfera Network project and is available on Europod. Our sound design and mixing are by Jeremy Bouquet. My name is Maria Dios. Stay tuned for next week's episode, where we will travel to Belgium to talk about trans people in the Catholic community. Bye!